It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 28th, 2019. My name is Philip Rostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr_omd. underscore OMD. Today, another big game for the Orlando Magic as they take on the Detroit Pistons, whom they trail by just one half game for the seventh spot in the Eastern Conference standings. And of course, the Brooklyn Nets playing the Philadelphia 76ers, whom the Magic trail by one game for sixth place in the Eastern Conference. A lot of things could go down on this day as the Eastern Conference playoff race heats up and the Magic playing some fantastic basketball on a six-game winning streak, taking on a Pistons team coming back from the West Coast that's had had its struggles with a difficult schedule. We'll dive into a little bit more about that matchup coming up later on in the show as Matt Shook of Locked On Pistons joins us. But before we get into what we want to talk about today, uh, before we get to that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Himalaya app, anywhere you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast covering the Orlando Magic with the excruciating detail we cover the Orlando Magic, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Want the lowdown on that Nets-Sixers matchup? You check out Locked On Nets. Want the lowdown on the Pistons? Well, it'll probably be very similar to this show since we recorded the same episode. Locked On Pistons is where you go. Want to keep an eye on those Miami Heat and Charlotte Hornets? Locked On Heat and Locked On Hornets is your place to go. There's also Locked On NBA and Locked On Fantasy Basketball 2 to get all your basketball needs, all your NBA needs. Plus, the Locked On Baseball Network, the Locked On MLB Network just relaunched. Uh, and just in time, opening day is today, apparently. Um, but opening day today for Major League Baseball, you can get all your Major League Baseball news as well on the Locked On Podcast Network, as well as NFL, because that never stops, and college sports too. It's all on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just find it on your favorite, favorite place to download podcasts, including the Himalaya app. Cannot suggest that app enough to find new podcasts as well. You can check that all out just by searching for Locked On and the team 
you are looking for. Before we dive into uh, into the matchup with the Detroit Pistons and, and speak with with Matt from Locked On Pistons, I wanted to take a moment and 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 pause a bit just to recognize where we're at in the season a little bit. Obviously, seven games ago now, the Orlando Magic holding a half game lead over the Miami Heat. We are dead set in the playoff race, and it's someplace that certainly at the beginning of the season we didn't quite expect to be in this place. Maybe Steve Clifford did, or maybe he didn't because he continually said we won't put expectations on this team. Certainly a month ago, two months ago, we didn't expect to be in this place. Two months ago, the Magic had just come back from that West Coast road trip and seemed to be at their lowest point in the season. Even a month ago, things were in a much different space or much different place for the Orlando Magic. In fact, entering the All-Star break, it was Sports Business Daily or Sports Business News that released a report saying the Orlando Magic had the worst television, local television ratings in the entire NBA. And that's a trend that is not completely unexpected. The Magic with a poor record and no real star, you know, real stars on the team or all-stars on the team. Nikola Vucevic was not an all-star quite yet. They weren't a team that generated a lot of interest, even locally. And so it, it wasn't surprising. The Magic have been near the bottom of the league in local TV ratings for the last several years. And, you know, even Magic CEO Alex Martins has been on record in previous years, not this year, the previous year saying, you know, we expected TV ratings to be a little bit lower. More than anything else, TV ratings track with wins. And with the season pretty much over at this time of the year for most of the last six years, it makes sense that people aren't watching. So in comes Tuesday's game, a game that I certainly hyped up as a very big game. I, I was telling people this there might these might be the single biggest stakes in a single game since the 2010 Eastern Conference Finals. And I was not really joking about that. I would argue that that tonight's game might have more stakes involved in it than last night's game now that the Magic have won that game. That's what you want in a playoff race, right? But undoubtedly, the mix of the hype about this game, the chance to climb into eighth in the Eastern Conference, the opponent, the Miami Heat, a big-time rival of the Orlando Magics, all of that combined to give Fox Sports Florida one of the best and highest-rated games they have had in several years. Fox Sports Florida reporting on Twitter that last night, or Tuesday night, the Orlando Magic had the most watched game of their season, a 1.7 household rating. In fact, it was not just the most watched game for the Magic this year. It was the most watched game in more than three years. It's the highest rated game on Fox Sports Florida since March 18th, 2016. The game itself outperformed the season average by 249%. More than two and a half times the people that typically watch a Magic game watched Tuesday night's game in Miami. And they won it. I can't stress how big it is that they won it. As as a guy who follows Northwestern athletics, winning big games matters in building perception. You can win all those little games. It's that big game on ABC. 
on the national stage, when game day is there. Those are the games that really, really matter in changing perceptions about a franchise, about a program, and building a fan base. And really, this has been a process that's been going on for the last few weeks. Certainly during that homestand, it really picked up steam. The Magic attendance-wise are about where they were last year. They were 17th in the league in attendance last year. They're 18th this year. Slightly down, actually, for the season. But that is certainly about to change. Steve Clifford came into the press conference after the win over Memphis on Friday. And before taking any questions, completely unprompted, said he told his guys that you felt for the first time what this crowd, what this fan base can do for you. You felt for the first time just how much impact Orlando fans can have. And it used to be like this every game. Certainly being in the Orlando Arena, may it rest in peace, a little bit of a different atmosphere, but undoubtedly the crowds are a little bit more engaged these days at the Amway Center. And there are just two home games left, and honestly... The Knicks and Haw- even though it's against the Knicks and Hawks, I'm expecting sellouts for those two games. I'm I'm honest. I don't know if they I don't know how close they are. I don't know if they will, but I I suspect and I expect a sellout for next Wednesday's game against the Knicks and next Friday's game against the Hawks to close out the home schedule. But what this all really says, and something that I'm seeing around town, seeing online, seeing in the Orlando Magic communities that that I pay attention to is the fan base is A, thankful to be in this position, pinching ourselves a little bit, but B, is engaged. And it's not just the diehards anymore. They've always been there. Love you guys. But the Magic fan base is ready to invest in this team again. And we're seeing what the energy at the Amway Center, I'm certainly seeing it in my listener numbers. If you haven't told a friend about Locked On Magic, now is the time. I'm seeing it in the traffic at Orlando Magic Daily. People are interested in the Magic again. People are ready to engage with this team, support this team, push this team. And winning was always the factor for it. I I have said this for so long. I did a whole podcast on it. I mean, last year on the cover of Orlando Weekly, was a story about where the magic went wrong. I still ha- I was quoted in it. I spoke to the author on Locked On Magic last year. I I have the I have the thing still sitting in my in my apartment. Magic fandom in my opinion has been as strong as ever. Fans want to engage with this team. But the magic needed to give them a reason to do so. And that reason of course was this kind of competition, this kind of winning. It's no coincidence that the Magic felt comfortable and confident enough to host watch parties once again. They were at Buffalo Wild Wings at UCF on Tuesday. They'll be at Teak, one of my favorite hamburgers in town, I might add. Pay me with hamburgers, please, Teak. Teak Neighborhood Girl over in Maitland on Thursday. People want to cheer for this team. People want to be seen in Magic Year. People want to see a winner and be part of this playoff chase. They see the beginnings of something special here. Winning was always the missing ingredient. No one's going to deny that. Winning was always what this team needed to do to get where they wanted to be. And they're doing that. They're delivering 
And now the fans are delivering for them. And it's clear that this has reinvigorated the Magic fan base. So welcome to the bandwagon. We got seven games to go until the playoffs. So while you're out at that watch party, you, you may want to keep an eye at home. I mean, you know, you never know. You know, you've uh, abandoned your children to go to the watch party or watch Magic Basketball, wherever you watch Magic Basketball. And, you know, I, I don't advocate abandoning children alone at home. Definitely have someone there. Definitely, definitely be there yourself. Be a good parent. But if there's something inside your home that you want to keep an eye on while you're not there, Wise Camera is the indoor camera that does it all for you. It's packed with premium features that allow you to see everything from anywhere for only $20. Includes 1080p full HD. Images so clear you will not miss a thing, plus night vision and two-way audio. Wise's mission is to bring amazing smart home products that are accessible to everyone, and this camera does it. Check on your home anytime with Wise App's live stream. Connect it with life as it unfolds in sharp focus, including an eight times digital zoom. Zoom. Wise also comes with a 14 cloud storage as well as no subscriptions. You don't have to subscribe. You get 14 day cloud storage of your footage. And there's really nothing too small for Wise camera to watch because at $20 per camera, you can do anything. I mean, literally anything. Want to check on the kids while you're at work? Make sure they're doing their homework? The Wise Cam. Want to just make sure that everything's okay around your house? Like have a security system. This is what the Wise cam is good for. Just want to bird watch a little bit and you're too lazy to buy binoculars. The wise cam kind of acts like that because, because you can set it up outside and, and watch watch everything go on. Want more? Want something even better? They got that too. For just $10 more, wise cam pan gives you 360 degree coverage in under three seconds. Life moves fast and your camera should too. 110 degrees per second rotation speed, 360 degree horizontal range and a 93 degree vertical range. That, that, that means it can move up and down. You can patrol your room as well with pan scan, set the camera's patrol route with up to four custom waypoints, and even track the action as the WiseCam pan can automatically detect, tag, and track motion within its field of view. Keeping up with life in real time has never been so easy. It works with Alexa, and again, can't stress this, stress this enough, rolling 14-day cloud, uh, cloud storage. So it keeps your recordings for up to two weeks. This, this WiseCam also works from your mobile phone, so you can check on your camera from your mobile device. Go to Wise, that's W-Y-Z-E dot com slash locked to get the lowest guaranteed price. That's Wise, W-Y-Z-E dot com slash locked to get the guaranteed lowest price. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are joined now by Matt Shook of Locked On Pistons to get us set for this tremendously huge game, the biggest game the Magic have played since Tuesday night. Matt, how, how are you doing? How are you doing? How are you feeling about this this game tonight? 
You know, I'm not sure if uh, folks in Detroit are excited quite yet. I don't know. I'm, the Magic are probably very similar in that it's been kind of a lost decade here for the Pistons. Most of the fans jumped ship years ago, and uh, the Blake Griffin experience has fans kind of a little bit excited, I guess. But most of the most of the uh, the casual fans are not back yet, and we'll see what a a home game with a little bit of a playoff atmosphere here on Thursday night will do for uh, bringing some of the fan base back. So long story short, I know I'm excited. I know a lot of the diehards are excited, but I can't quite get the gauge on whether a Joe sports fan here in Detroit is excited or not. Yeah, and I think I, I, it's interesting you bring that up because uh, because uh, something that, that, that I, I, I wanted to talk, talk about on my show uh, is, is the Magic's television ratings for Tuesday's game against the Miami Heat, a 104-99 win, was something like 247% more than the average. And so... At least in Orlando, it's starting to feel like everyone's starting to catch playoff fever, that, that this fan base is starting to reactivate. I know Friday night after the Magic beat the Memphis Grizzlies, came back from 17 down to win that game. Steve Clifford opened his press conference kind of unprompted and said, I told the guys, this is how it used to feel like back in the day. This is the power that the, that the Orlando fan base can have. And kind of sticks to Magic only have two more home games left this regular season to take advantage of that. But it's getting to be that time where everyone starts to feel that this playoff race is real. And like you said, Detroit's been through a little bit of a drought like Orlando has been. Uh, it, it, and, and it feels like everyone's starting to get on board with two weeks left in the season to say, this is, this is getting real. This, you know, there, there's real good basketball coming our way. Yeah, absolutely. And this is one that we've uh, been pinpointing here in Detroit for a while because they had a tough road trip just now, lost four out of five. A lot of those being expected losses. When you go up to Portland, you go on the second half of a back-to-back against Golden State, and then you lose to Denver on Tuesday night. But uh, we knew kind of in the distance that there was this home game against the Magic, not only with all the playoff implications, but the tiebreaker at State. Uh, at stake here with the Pistons winning two out of the first three games in this series. And and that could certainly be a two team tiebreaker between the magic and the Pistons going forward. But we've said, you know, uh, expected losses to Portland and golden state and Denver. But then you come home, it makes those, the fact that you lost all those games, all that more important to get this win against the magic. And of course, as you know, uh, one of the hotter teams in the NBA, in addition to Charlotte, another team that's chasing all of the, the Pistons and the Heat and, and the Nets as well. So we've got a smorgasbord. We've got a donkey pile here of all sorts of teams that are trying to, to knock themselves into the, uh, the, the playoffs. And, and it should be fun. There's a game between the, the Hornets and the Pistons coming up at Little Caesars Arena in a little bit of time as well. And uh, the schedule is a little bit more favorable for the Pistons. Uh, a couple of the dregs are in there with the Grizzlies and the Knicks as well. But all the rest of these games, eight total, uh, at least feel conceivably winnable for the Pistons here going forward. And we are about to find out what this team and Dwayne Casey are made of. Yeah, and, and I think the Magic are, are feeling that right now as they're at, at after this game will be at the midpoint of a four-game road trip that will see them go from Miami to Detroit and then to Indiana and Toronto. So difficult road trip for the Magic here as they close down the season. Uh, I want to kind of get back to, to that to that West Coast road trip a little bit if it doesn't bring up too many painful memories. Um, if you had asked me a week ago, I would have said of those teams that are fighting for the last three playoff spots, Detroit felt the safest to me. Um, obviously, they had Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond. Uh, they, they had a little bit of a lead. Brooklyn had the difficult schedule. Uh, Orlando and Miami were kind of kind of muddying along. Uh, was this simply Detroit playing the wrong opponents at the wrong time? Or, or what's kind of happened with Detroit to, to see them kind of fall off a little bit? 
Yeah, a lot of it is the schedule, and a lot of it is explainable when you look at the schedule. Now, the one glaring loss that they had over the past 10 days is they went to Cleveland and lost to the Cavaliers. That was the second half of a back-to-back. They did sit Blake there, Griffin in that game. Yeah, that was actually the first the first and only so far one, one game left, the first loss that the Pistons had to one of the four, I call them the dregs, when you get the Suns and the Knicks and the Cavs and the Bulls. The Pistons had swept all those teams up until that one game, and they decided uh, to sit Blake Griffin in that one, a move that I was fine with just because, you know, you got to sit guys sometimes. And, and back-to-backs, and especially given Blake Griffin's load and injury history, I don't really have a problem with that. But, yeah, then they go and take care of business in Phoenix and then kind of crumbled down the stretch against Portland, really didn't have – and then and then kind of had a, a couple of quasi-comebacks, a really nice comeback on Tuesday, down 27 to Denver, come back and, and make it a one-point game and then have a shot at the end to tie it down three and uh, Blake Griffin comes up short on that one. But uh, the Golden State one was kind of uh, one of those comebacks only in name in name only and that it wasn't really uh, a situation where the Warriors were ever in any real danger. But yeah, I think it's a schedule. I mean, look at the Pistons. We're sitting here 37 and 37. Um, really not that surprising. This is a 500 team and it's really lived up to that billing. Uh, they, they seem to do a pretty good job of taking care of business of the bad teams and they seem to do a pretty good job of mostly losing to the good teams with a couple of uh, rare exceptions on both sides of that ledger, but a pretty consistent team in a lot of those ways. But concerning was a few weeks back when they have what I call these red letter games. And I put Orlando in that group of red letter games where it's the teams that are right there. It's uh, the teams that we've mentioned that are in the playoff race. Washington for a time was in that group too. The Pistons are seven and nine in red letter games so far this year. But most concerning was those last two. They went to Miami and they went to Brooklyn and just got destroyed. So the, the, the last couple times that this Pistons team has had quote unquote big games, they've really gotten their their doors blown off. Now, that was on the road. The Pistons have won nine straight games at Little Caesars Arena. The crowd seems to be a little bit better. It's not uh, certainly Palace circa 2004 or something like that, but uh, it's uh, it's getting there. There's a little bit of attachment coming. I think fans are, you know, some of them are tongue-in-cheek and wanted the, the rebuild and the tank situation, but I think everyone's still, uh, even if you won't admit it publicly, you're a little bit excited for the playoffs. But the, the bad news for the Pistons has been, you know, Andre Drummond, has been continuing to get into some foul trouble like he did on Tuesday night. Missed pretty much uh, a large chunk of that game in Denver. Um, And then uh, Blake Griffin really has not been scoring like he was earlier in the season. I think he was at 29.7 points per game throughout the month of January and now at 19.7 points per game in the month of March. That's 10 total points. I mean, that's like uh, that's Wayne Ellington's production there. So you take that away from – from what Blake Griffin was doing earlier in this year. And understandably, he's tired, and some of those games were blowouts, and it's a small sample size. But, uh, yeah, those things combined have kind of been the undoing of the Pistons. And despite the fact that, I mean, this was a team coming off the All-Star break up until a week or so ago that was the hottest team in the NBA. It was it was doing a, what Orlando's doing right now, beating up a lot of bad teams and uh, taking care of business in a lot of games. The addition of Wayne Ellington to kind of fill the minutes – of the uh, the traded Reggie Bullock has been a nice addition. Uh, I think Reggie Bullock's a better player and was for the Pistons when he was here. But something about Wayne Ellington running off of those screens and kind of getting uh, the defense moving a little bit more towards him has kind of freed up some things for other guys. And uh, Luke Kennard has played really well um, as of late since the All Star break, kind of stepping up in that fourth scorer role. He comes off the bench, but he's well, you know he's more of a top five guy for the the Pistons. He closes games pretty much as well. He's kind of a really good barometer if he's got. 
getting it going, the Pistons will probably win. And if he doesn't, uh, the Pistons are probably in for a long night. But uh, sitting up here in Michigan where we're trying to, finally getting some some decent weather coming here in the spring, so, so we can't uh, be pitied too much by you guys down there. Philip, what has gotten into the magic? We know about the, the winning streak that they're on right now, the perfect homestand uh, recently as well. Uh, what's going on with this team, and uh, why has it been six straight like it's been? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think they def- I mean, the six straight wins, they definitely benefited from the schedule as well. They, they played five straight games at home, four against teams that are probably what you would, you would say are the dregs. They beat Atlanta, they beat Cleveland, they beat New Orleans without Anthony Davis, uh, and, and won those three games in, in blowouts. Uh, they, and then they beat Memphis coming back from 17 down in the third quarter. And, and that game really sparked a, a lot of energy in the team. Uh, you know, whether, a lot of things have really sparked energy in the team. Um, they beat Philadelphia kind of running away on Monday and then go back to back in, in what was really felt like a playoff atmosphere in Miami uh, to, to get back into the eighth seed. So they're really taking care of their business. And, and what's really been key for them has been their defensive intensity. Um, you know, the, it, it probably still surprises some people. It still surprises me that Orlando is a top 10 defense in the league by defensive rating. Um, it, 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 that, that's just become a fact that this team is actually a pretty good defensive team and they're flying to the ball really well. They're, they're, uh, they're using their length really well. Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon are, are difficult, to, are difficult guys to, to get past defensively. Um, Nikola Vucevic has played a lot better defensively. And I think, you know, one of the big factors for the team, honestly, has been Evan Fournier has, has, has kind of woken from his slump. Um, you know, Detroit fans probably remember that shot that he made, um, to to win to win a game uh, back in I think it was January or February, but Evan Fournier's had a real up and down season this year. He's really struggled with a shot. Um, he's not playing at the at the level of production that the Magic need him at. But over the last six or seven games, he has really turned a corner and has started to shoot the ball at a level that the, that the Magic are accustomed to. And adding in that offense, plus with this kind of surprise defense that that the Magic have played all year and has, has quickly become their identity, they're playing very high-level basketball right now to, to the point where they're, they're erasing big deficits. Uh, they were down 17 to Memphis on Friday. They were down 17 to Miami in the first half on, on Tuesday, in Tuesday's win. And so this is a team that, you know, they, they got guys that can get hot, like Terrence Ross, like Evan Fournier. They got kind of an X factor. You know, like you said, Luke Kennard's kind of the barometer for the Pistons. Jonathan Isaac's really the barometer for the Magic. If he is scoring, if he's shooting well, there's really not a guy that you can ignore completely on the Magic's on the Magic's front court, and then they have Nikola Vucevic, who's just been the picture of consistency all year long for this team. And and and, and when he plays well, well, you know, the, he always plays well. Um, when he plays really well, the Magic just become a really difficult team to contain offensively. Yeah, you make a good point with Evan Fournier. I believe got the the game winner down in Orlando on a weekend afternoon game. But then I think he had a chance to either tie it up or win it. Uh, a couple weeks after that at Little Caesars Arena in March. Yep. And uh, and was in and came or actually that was January too. And then he uh, he, he came up and missed that one. So uh, wouldn't be a, a a ridiculous bet to say that, that Evan Fournier might have the ball in his hands late in the game again. He is uh, he is a, he is their uh, Evan Fournier is the Magic's closer. Um he I mean I think he he's either he leads the team I know in fourth quarter points. Um you know, he's had at least Two or three other game-winning shots besides that one this year, and and he and he's he's the guy the Magic trusts most with the ball in his hands to play pick and roll at, at the end of games. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. 
Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that uh, we have really uh, two coaches that, and I talked to Steve Clifford about this when he was in town in January. Uh, the way I look at it, two very similar coaches uh, in into their programs for the first year here with Steve Clifford and Dwayne Casey in, in Detroit, guys that had you know a little bit of success in their prior stops. Dwayne Casey probably in a more uh, profound way, becoming the coach of the year last year and having a, a really strong regular season for the Toronto Raptors. But guys who are very well respected around the NBA. Uh, but guys who are obviously coming off of being fired. So things weren't so great from where they were, and they come in as, as guys that uh, get hired right away, didn't have to sit out and become an analyst or anything like that for a year. So really a couple of guys who are under the microscope, especially this time of year when the games really matter for a couple teams that are you know in, in do-or-die, win-or-go-in, uh, win-or-go-home situations uh, somewhat as we approach this part of the schedule. So how would you kind of evaluate – how Steve Clifford has kind of handled, uh, especially the stretch run of this season. Obviously, the wins have been there, but what has he kind of done to uh, to lead to the success that Orlando has had as of late? You know, I think what's what's been really impressive about about Clifford is is how he's kind of kept an even t- an even keel all season all season long. Uh, he he was someone that said back in back in November and December. You know, our goal is to keep getting better as the year goes on. You know, we're 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 hoping that we're better in March than we are today. And and I, there were a lot of times and moments in the season where you know, if the playoffs were truly like the end all be all goal, and, and I don't think that that Clifford ever hid from talking about the playoffs. I mean, I think he said on several occasions he'd stop practice and say, "Hey guys, when we're you know, if we're in the playoffs." You have to look out for this. I mean, I think he's kind of kept that bug in the ear in their ear the whole time, but it hasn't been sort of the the end all be all for what they're doing. The, the the goal was to focus on themselves and to keep getting better. And you know, they they had this January road trip uh, where they lost, I think, four or five games on the West Coast. They they lost three of those games after having double digit leads, I think, in the second half. And at that point of the season, it felt like it was time to push the panic button. It felt like. You know, the season, it's another lost season, you know, that, that they got a little bit better, but but not enough better. But Clifford kind of kept kept drumming the same message and kept kept kind of going to the beat. And, and all of a sudden, you could see them start figuring things out and start starting to gain confidence. And so I think what Clifford has really done is just instill this team with with a confidence that, 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 that previous iterations of this group haven't had. And he kind of stuck with them and believed in them. And now they're they're really believing in themselves and, and they're kind of reaping the rewards because if you take care of yourself, that the rewards come for you. Yeah. Casey, that you can pretty much copy maybe the first uh, minute or so of your response in terms of being and that message that's all about, you know, developing principles and developing good habits for going forward, uh, never being really too excited or satisfied about wins and never being really that down about some of the disappointing losses. I thought it was interesting on Tuesday night after the Denver game. And I know words are words. They're not that big of a deal at the end of the day. But uh, Dwayne Casey, the Pistons were down by in the 20s most of the game against the Denver or Nuggets, uh, down 27 on the road on Tuesday, I believe, in the third quarter. Came back all the way, had a shot to tie it 
at the buzzer by Blake Griffin. So, you know, there's some moral victories you can take from that game if you wanted to go that route. But Dwayne Casey was livid with the way that that team played in the first half, and rightfully so. Uh, just a pathetic, you know, defensive effort, especially from the Pistons in a, in a time of the year when you really need some wins. And he wasn't taking any moral victories out of it. Um, challenged the guys. He says, uh, we talk about wanting to be a playoff team, and it makes me even more mad and upset that we should play that way that we that we played in the second half. And went on to say that we need seven or eight soldiers for Thursday's game against the Orlando Magic. And, and really, uh, Pistons fans can be – Pretty sure that a guy like Blake Griffin is going to show up in this game. Uh, the best player on the Pistons, no doubt. One of the you know top 15 players in the league so far this season. And uh, a guy who's, who's tested in big games throughout his career as well, albeit not uh, winning a whole lot of these big games for the Clippers in the playoffs. But it's going to be incumbent on guys like Andre Drummond. Um, I think he's taken care of a lot of the energy problems that had kind of plagued early on in his career. He seems to be engaged night in and night out, but it's just like the concentration, in, in particular the early dumb fouls that he picks up. We talk about barometers. That's another one. If uh, Vucevic is able to get uh, some foul trouble on uh, on Andre Drummond early, that's going to be big problems for the Pistons, going to increase the load on Reggie Jackson and, and Blake Griffin to get things done early on. But if good Andre Drummond shows up and he's able to uh, stay on the court and not be uh, in foul trouble like he has been during some of the Pistons' worst games this season, then uh, that'll be another true test as to, uh, to what you see happening tonight. Yeah, and, and the Magic are not a great team at getting to the foul line either. I mean, I think I think that's been a problem. They're, I think they're, they're 29th in the league in free throw rate. They're, they've been consistently kind of at the bottom of the league at getting to the foul line. So kind of another thing to keep an eye on here with the Magic, if they're able to get to the foul line, if they're able to get to 20 free throws uh, attempted as a team, that's a pretty good sign for Orlando. That's, that's something that you don't want to happen because that means they're getting aggressive, they're getting downhill, they're getting into the paint. Um, but this is not a team that typically gets to the foul line that much. I think they average something like 16, 17, maybe 18 free throw attempts per game. So if they're up, at, up and above 20 free throw attempts per game, that's probably a very good sign for, for the Magic that, that they'll have a chance to, to win this game. Yeah, and uh, so what do you think? Win this game. You mentioned it. Uh, you guys come in with six straight wins. I'll start. I think that the Pistons have been look, kind of zeroing in on this game for a while. You don't want to say it as you're going up uh, against some of these teams on this West Coast trip, but I think that they've been having their sights on this Orlando game for a little while, especially here on the fan base we really have. Um, I think the fact that the uh, Little Caesars Arena – the uh, crowd has been good to the Pistons lately is a good sign. And uh, I think that the Magic have kind of uh, really from a season that, that seemed pretty lost, I would say, uh, six games ago in that it seemed like a pretty big long shot for the Magic to make the playoffs. They could maybe absorb a loss here in this game and still be right in the mix with all the uh, other five teams that, or the other four teams that are in that mix for the three last playoff spots in the East. So I'm going to go ahead and say it uh, at the risk of sounding like a homer. I got the Pistons winning this game tonight. Uh, are you going to go ahead and, and put your, your team up for a predicted win as well? You know, I, I think I'm going to end up being a homer here as well, but but I I think this is a really interesting game just from a emotional momentum standpoint. Um, Orlando beating Miami, uh, winning that season series, winning that game in, in that environment with Chris Bosh's jersey retirement, and and really, you know, you you guys have been circling that Detroit game. I've kind of had that Miami game circled since the Magic lost to the Heat back in December, and I I think I, I think I was on my podcast and said losing that game, not taking care of the season series. That game down in Miami in in March is going to be humongous, and you know I mentioned the TV ratings going up two hundred, almost two hundred fifty percent. You know, almost two and a half times 
the the normal TV rating, that felt like a very big emotional game. Uh, longtime Magic fans probably feel like the Pistons are a rival still too. Um, I, I've, I've kind of joked about that as well, but I, I don't know if the casual fan's quite there. So I'm curious if the Magic are going to have the same kind of emotional weight in this game. They're, they're in the driver's seat now, and the Magic have never really been the hunted, so to speak. Uh, and, and I think that, that there's definitely the potential here for a letdown for Orlando, but at the same time, you hear this a lot from coaches as well, that first game back home after a road trip is a little bit of a trap game too. You got to kind of rediscover your energy, you know, kind of get comfortable back in your own surroundings. And so I think this game is really going to be close. Um, every game the Magic and Pistons have played this year has been really, really close. Uh, the first game, Stanley, jo- you know, Stanley Johnson, no longer with the Pistons, but Stanley Never Johnson. Never heard of him. Who's that? Yeah, he had probably, he had one of his best games in his in his career in that game to help Detroit come back, come from behind to win that game. And that, that was actually the night of Steve Clifford's first kind of like post-game tirade about the way the team play, played and kind of getting rid of the moral victory mentality in the locker room and in the franchise. The, the second game obviously came down to a buzzer beater from Evan Fournier, and the third game went to overtime. So I, I don't know who's going to win this game. I, I do think it's a coin flip. I'm, I'm leaning toward Orlando, but I think this is going to be another game that comes right down to the wire. It's really close. These are two pretty comparable teams. Um, it, it's going to come down, I think, to how Aaron Gordon plays Blake Griffin. It's going to come down to whether Terrence Ross can, can hit a lot of threes and give the Magic bench some support. And it's going to come down to whether the Magic can contain Reggie Jackson, I think, at, at, the, very end, at the very end of the game. Uh, and, and I think this, is, this one's going to come right down to the wire. And the Magic can't win all of these games. Um, but a, a, a win here would certainly solidify their playoff positioning and probably throw the rest of the East into complete chaos. Yeah, I think whoever gets the win tonight will be in a really good position going forward, especially with that tiebreaker, like we mentioned earlier, uh, in the Pistons case, if they're able to uh, wrap up the season series. And, and, don't, the and, and don't forget there, so if the Magic do win this game, they tie the season series at 2-2. The next tiebreaker is conference record. Currently, Detroit has 25 conference wins. The Magic have 25 conference wins. Detroit's played two more conference games than Orlando, so... There's a lot of implications in this game as far as tiebreakers go. Yeah, and I'll throw you one more key that seems a little bit counterintuitive. We all watch these NBA games night in and night out. You mentioned uh, the big comebacks that the Magic had uh, very recently, 17 points a couple times. But uh, I will say that this is going to be a more important first quarter than usual. We always see the teams, uh, you know, kind of go up 10, go up 15 sometimes, and the teams get back, and and that's the NBA game. But uh, I would say that especially given that the Little Caesars Arena crowd be a little bit more juiced than usual, and uh, I think they were also set up to be knocked down and taken out of this game. It's a fan base that, like we said, it's been a lost decade here for the Detroit Pistons. They've get kind of kind of perked up a little bit during the second half. But like I said, the the loss to blowout loss to Brooklyn, the blowout loss to Miami, kind of were a couple of gut punches. This recent three game losing streak they're on right now, another gut punch when they need some wins. So if the Magic are able to get out to a nice big lead. Um, I think there is a chance that they could bury the Pistons and uh, take that home crowd out of the game. Yeah, and and I'll note there, the last three games, the Magic have not gotten off to good starts, but overall this year, the la- the last time I checked, I think they're top five in the in the league in net rating in first quarters. Um, I'm pulling that up right now. Um, Orlando is now seventh in the league in net rating in first quarters. So they, the Magic are typically a very good first quarter team. And, and on that point, uh, the Magic do try to get Nikola Vucevic going early on. If he gets, if he gets, scores a lot of points in the first quarter, that probably means the Magic are doing a lot of really good things. Well, that's uh, that's pretty much 
all I've got for this game. Anything else that you want to add? Or if not, uh, tell the folks for here in Detroit and around the world that are Pistons fans how to follow you because obviously n- tonight, no doubt, but even going forward, it's going to be interesting to uh, keep tabs on these Magic for a couple weeks. A- absolutely. It's it's going to be it's going to be a wild sprint to the finish. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD and, of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and the Himalaya app uh, and anywhere else you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Uh, by searching for Locked On Magic. Cool. Well, you said it, so I don't have to do the, uh, the Himalaya <laughs> read, so I appreciate that. But if any Magic fan want to give me a follow on Twitter, it's Matt underscore Shook, and that's S-C-H-O-C-H, if you can believe that. That's how to pronounce Shook. And another underscore after that, so a lot of homework to keep in mind. But I write for the Detroit News and also the Associated Press and uh, host this here podcast. And, uh, yeah, if you want to stay stay in tune with the Pistons, I usually have uh, everything you need to know and also the Locked On Pistons uh, Twitter timeline as well. But, uh, Philip, thanks for the time, man. No problem, and may the best team win. Yeah, absolutely. Good luck to you guys. And thanks again to Matt Shook for joining the podcast and discussing this game between the Orlando Magic and the Detroit Pistons. Definitely going to be a race, definitely a game to watch. Lots of tiebreaker implications, like I said, both the conference record as well as the season series tiebreaker on the line in this one, it feels like, as Orlando tries to climb from 8th to 7th hold on to 8th, and a whole bunch of other things as well. Should be a good one in Detroit. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock. It'll be on Fox Sports Florida here in Orlando. Do note as well, though, with the start of Major League Baseball, if you are outside the Orlando area in North or Central Florida, the game may be on the alternate Fox Sports Florida channel, so check your local listings to make sure that you get the Orlando Magic game. If it's not on your regular Fox Sports Florida channel, do try and find the alternate channels uh, in your TV guide. So definitely take take a look at that. Better the Orlando Magic take on the Detroit Pistons at 7 o'clock. We'll have complete coverage of that game on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic as well as on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me there on Twitter at OMagicDaily as well as at R underscore OMD. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Himalaya app, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can also find Locked On Pistons at all those places as well. Definitely check them out too. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, as well as Matt Shook and Locked On Pistons. This has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.